welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. What are you guys watching? You watching anything in the hey, lockdown? So lockdown status? <laughs> we're still we're still locked down. How are you guys so doing? Did, how are you doing? We're, I'm watching a lot. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> 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 no, we're. You know, having a 12-year-old, she's actually been really great. You know, she luckily, she's really gotten into her art, and she's painting stuff and drawing stuff for her room. So that really helps. You know, and then she has online schooling Monday through Thursday, not Friday. So um, for me, you know, and Emily, my wife's busy with making masks, and uh, I'm kind of the That's layabout. That's so great. Well, <laughs> read it. No. there's no other I'm options. Reading. I feel the same way. I'm, I mean, the entire entertainment industry is shut down, and... I, you know, you, I start thinking, you know, a lot of my gigs are shut down and I'm like, well, I'll look for some freelance. And it's like, oh, yeah, all all of it is shut down. Yeah. It's yeah. just nothing. Production. Right. You just have to wait it out. But but um, Kathy, you're you're plugging away. I'm still, you know, still working from home. You know, it's like there's still stuff that was shot and backlogged. So. Yeah. You know, What's, so far so good, and I, you know, I think it's possible too to um, repackage older shows or legacy shows or movies. I mean, <laughs> that's still something to do. Yeah. You know, so I think, and a lot of people, this is a really, you know, oddly a really good time for entertainment because people are watching a lot of content. So I don't know. Like you take an old um, show like Lost and change the title to The Island Adventure, and <laughs> well, and, I wouldn't go. go and maybe that. change I the music or something. <laughs> I think you just maybe you just say like you know binge on it now that kind of repackaging you know oh okay like you can see it all at once you're not, not trying to like, fool people know, into show. thinking it's a new show no it's like go back and check it out it's cool you know that kind of thing right <laughs> what should are you working like like the nine to five hours or whatever you're yeah. trying to yep. keep the same exact hours yep. uh, lunch break the whole thing okay yeah yeah. Yeah, there's no rest for the wicked, even in the well, pandemic. Stretch, structure's a good thing, though. Yeah, know? I like it. I mean, I, I I want to, you know, do this. And we keep it really strict. Like, we get up, we work out, we walk the dog. Like, the schedule has not changed since the pandemic started. We're That's still good. very strict. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. So I think it's important to have structure or you're just going to fall apart. And yeah. one thing I know, we're really, literally, we really want to keep the uh, house cleaner just because you want order. Like, I yes. don't want things to look out of control. Like, the dishes get cleaned really fast. You just want it to be nice, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm That's what I'm doing. It's like I'm just constantly, like, cleaning. And, again, it, you know, fills up my day, too. And uh, so, overall, um, yeah, I think it just you have to keep busy, keep doing stuff. And, of course, you're not commuting to work. You're not driving. Yeah. So, here in L.A., and I'm sure this is true in, uh, in some of the other cities, but especially in L.A., I mean, the air has never been clearer. Right. You can and tell the difference. I mean, you know, emissions are a problem, and it's real, and anyone who doesn't think so has not lived in L.A. Yeah, and here's <laughs> proof. Here's proof. Yeah, of what, I mean, the fact, yeah, the fact that humans aren't doing as much emissions, and now the emissions are going down, that should be your clue. Yeah. Yes. There's right. dolphins swimming through the clear waters of in Venice. You know, it, it's... That, it's amazing. Yeah. That's not um, actually true, but unfortunately, it's, it's not true. I saw pictures. Oh, really? Oh, no. I... National Geographic put out a thing saying we want them to be true, but they're not true. Oh no! They said the, oh, yeah. The dolphin I totally thing. Believe that. I know. I did too at first. And they said the dolphin thing's another area. It's not actually Venice. Oh. It's not. And the swans are another area of Italy too. It's like you know, oh. people are messing with people. I feel <sighs> stupid. Oh. 
Now I'm bummed out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want it to be real too. But I can well, see downtown come... LA from my window, and it's just so clear. I can see beyond it. I, can, I feel like I can see Catalina Island, or maybe I'm imagining yeah. that too. <laughs> I don't think well, the, so. Well, I live in the foothills, and the ver- there's a street, a main drag called Ocean View, and we're like you know 30 miles as the crow flies from the ocean. Mm. But if you get up about 2,500 feet at the top of the of the of the street. You know, supposedly you can see the ocean. Now, I'm sure now you probably could, but hmm. I've been at the top there. You can't see, you can't see past, uh, you know, La Brea. But um, maybe now you can. Yeah, back when they named when, that road Ocean View, maybe there was a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys, I, I told you guys that you should watch a certain movie a couple yeah, days ago. Yeah, we got lots of time to do that. And yeah, <laughs> and it was like, it, it was one of those movies that I watched and I was like, this, I think this is interesting i mean i didn't i didn't have it wasn't a perfect film by any means but it was so weird and so surreal and so interesting to me that i was like you guys should watch this i'd really like to hear your opinion about this movie called vivarium let's run the trailer okay here we go welcome to yonder a wonderful development it has all you'd need and all you'd want Number nine. Number nine is not a starter home. This house is forever. Play for a boy. Do you have children? No. It's not exactly what we're looking for. That guy was so strange. Yeah. Wait. No, no, I don't think this is the right way. Yeah, this is the way we came in. Number nine again. Did we just do some kind of loop? How if we just... Want me to drive? Such a jerk. Because I think this is not possible. We can't make turns like this over and over. We have gone this way, Tom. Oh, my God. Hello? 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 What's happening? Maybe they'll let us go. What if they don't come? What are we supposed to do? Should we just sit here and we wait to die? It's a boy. Get a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Walk to the locks and throw away the keys. And all we wanted was a home. You are home. Okay, so it's a strange movie. Trailer's it's, pretty great, though. Yeah, and it, it stars um, Imogen Poots and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. And, and uh, pretty much it, just them. I mean, it's basically a yeah. three-person cast, so maybe four for a second. You know. Yeah, there's a few other people, but it's basically it's them, them. Yeah. and their son. Yes. Quote-unquote son. The boy. But, um, it's, the writer-director is... Uh, it. Yeah, it. <laughs> It was right, the writer-director is uh, Lorcan Finnegan, and also a co-writer, Garrett Shanley. Mm. I'm guessing they're Irish. Yeah, I think Irish, yeah. 
Yeah. But as a co-production of like Belgium, Danish, like, you know, there's a lot of foreign films they start and you see all these, you know. <laughs> yes, it had a ton <laughs> of logos, production this logos like at the beginning. This was like 20 logos. Yeah. Wow. You know, a lot of <laughs> yeah. people involved in this one. Yeah, apparently he lives in Dublin. Mm. Okay. So he's an Irish guy. Yeah, Ireland, but, Denmark, Belgium production. Yep. yep. Well, we should, you know, before we go in, you know, we're going to have tons of spoilers here. Yeah. We're going to so if you haven't seen it, you want to see it, see it, and then pick it up right here, because we're going to get into this movie deep. Yeah, you know? go go listen to another episode of the podcast if you haven't seen um, Vivarium, and uh, and then after you've seen it, come back and listen to this one, because we really, we want to, it's one of those movies that it's so, it's much better to see it if you know nothing about it. Like if, I mean, literally, if you know nothing about it, don't even look at the poster, you know? <laughs> Yeah, just going, and it was just released, you know, uh, end of March. Uh, uh, so, but but it's um, so it's obviously streaming, and you can catch it on uh, you know a bunch of different services for probably uh, five or six dollars. It's one of those uh, movies that they released to the released to the public instead of theaters because of the situation we're in right now. So it's right. a, a right. movie that you'd normally be seeing in the theater right now, but you can watch it in your in your in your uh, quarantine. Yeah. So who wants to give a little plot synopsis as we get into this? No, I'm to, happy to do it. You want me to do it? No, Burke, yeah. you give it. I'll, I'll throw in my, uh, you know. Yeah, I can, I can start and you guys can take yeah. over. But it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an interestingly made drama that starts off with the op- even the opening credits are like, what the hell is this movie about? But it's a... Um, uh, you know, a, a young couple. They're not married. They're boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're a young couple, and they're thinking about moving in together. Um, he evidently is a landscape uh, guy at the school where she is a teacher, and um, her name is Gemma, and his name is Tom. So Gemma and Tom are young, starting out relationship. You know, we've only just begun, and and they're looking for a house, and. Uh, you know they they sort of just wander absently into this real estate place that is um like it looks when they go in it looks like an art installation <laughs> there are these model homes you know like miniature homes on on pedestals and they're all identical and there's a guy sitting you know in this kubrick style symmetry right at the end of the of the room and it's just bizarre all of a sudden this sort of normal realism becomes surreal in, 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 in with the introduction of one set, you know? <laughs> yeah, and the guy, I would have done, done an about face. <laughs> I know, not, yeah. This is not for me, you yeah. know, let's walk away. And the guy is kind of an oddball, but you kind of you, you kind of get the impression that he's just, but he also has a, seems to have a sense of humor, you know? He's kind of joking around with them, almost like yeah. he knows it's a bit weird, but hey, I'm going out there to this housing development right now. Do you guys want to go look and... and you know, Tom is is like these are these boring row houses. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. But you get the impression that Gemma is like, well, why not? You know, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Let's just go. And he says, well, I've got you know, I'll get in the car and you guys follow me and we'll go check one out. And they go to this housing development. It's called and, Yonder. By the Yonder. Way. <laughs> That's the name of the. <laughs> I love and it's that. Like, your forever dream, your dream house forever. Yeah, else. and there's a, a picture having... of a husband, a wife, you know, and a uh, a boy, a young yeah. boy, like. A... And even that, they looked kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, that photo to me, like they're like, what, what? <laughs> 
But they get when and, they arrive there. What's weird about the film is they made no attempt in the film to make it look real. You know, like when you, when they drive in, they're kind of looking around like this is weird looking because the houses literally are identical, and it's just rows and rows, like endless rows of these kind of sickly green houses. And when they arrive, the sky is gray, kind of a gray English sky. Um, evidently, they're in London, I guess. And so this place is outside of London. And But then as the, the longer time, the, the longer they spend there, the more artificial everything looks. But while, while the guy, the real estate guy, is showing them around, his name is Martin, according to his gold badge that he's wearing, <laughs> he, he just walks away and disappears and they turn around and ask him a question he's not there and then they go out in the front of the house and martin's car is gone so they're like what the hell let's just get out of here so they get in their car and try to leave but they get lost and they always end up back at number nine number and they're nine. not even lost like they go the right way and then yeah. they just end up somehow they keep going in a circle and ending up so it's like this weird like the continuum they were just like oh where did we go it just all looks exactly the same and then somehow they always end up in the same place yeah they're like they they can't find the the entrance or the exit they can't find the place that they came in it just and everything the house are they're sickly green the, the clouds are these very you know sort of like look like you know cream puffs or a little puffball clouds. Very uniform very like an uniform. illustration it was and very ha- Wes Anderson to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the house is really fantastical feel to it. Yeah. I I thought of the houses uh from the old Monopoly game. Right. <laughs> you know the, yeah. the little houses you put down, the little those little small houses. It's kind of like that. Like you imagine um, a giant hand placed them in in the rows. Yeah. But they are literally like each house is maybe 10 feet apart. It, it, for, and we're not just talking about 40 or 50 homes. This is like a massive development. As far as the almost endless, yeah, yeah, and so in fact, like they realize they can't leave, so they get really like freaked out. But they just say, "Well, let's just go back." Then we keep coming back to number nine. Wherever we go, we come back to the same street. It's getting dark, and there's they just run out of gas. Yeah, nobody (laughs) right in front of number nine. Yeah, and there's no no other there's nobody else there. No, you know, out of these hundreds of homes, they're all dark. So they go, well, let's just spend the night here at our house because there is electricity yeah. and, you know, whatever. And there is a bottle of champagne and some uh, strawberries yeah. in the fridge. <laughs> so at least they can eat that. That have no flavor. But they start – it's like the the film gradually – I think it did a, an interesting job of gradually introducing the fact that this is not normal. It's not like they just got right. a little bit lost on these curvy roads that were designed to sort of lead you in, you know – but they're starting to realize this is not right in a seriously sort of supernatural, weird way. Like, what was, who is doing this and how are they doing it? And they, they seem to be, they seem to almost, it's one of those things where you have a supernatural thing in a film and there's always a problem of how do your characters react when something happens that's outside of the ordinary, something that you, you realize this can't be happening. How does a human being react to that? And that's always a difficult thing in a movie. Some people overreact, some people underreact. And this one, I felt like they were almost, they were having a hard time with what was happening. This can't be happening. And yet they well, they just sort of went on with it. <laughs> well, they, I mean, the first night they're lying in bed and she, Gemma says, 
I've never heard, I've never, you know, experienced this kind of quiet. This yeah. Complete silence. Yeah. Nothing. No birds. I think too, sorry. And I think when you, when you're in a situation like this, there would be this kind of disbelief, like this isn't happening. We're just going to need to take a moment and just figure it out. Because if you're in a, a cute neighborhood yeah. and you get lost and you're like, okay, hold on. We just need to get it together. Like I, I thought they did pretty well ramping yeah. it up from the sort of like, we've got this to this like, well, this is weird to like, oh my God, now it's just annoying. You know, maybe we're, maybe I, there's something we're missing. We're not understanding something. Yeah, maybe there is I a way that was well out. Done, but, actually. Yeah. I we, loved when he said, when he said, listen, let me drive. Let me drive. Let yeah. Me <laughs> let, me, drive. let me do it. Because <laughs> I know that feeling. Like, and she gets annoyed like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. Let me drive. I can handle this. You yeah. Know. Let but, the man take charge. <laughs> and then they start arguing, you know, and they start ramping it up. And then they just, you know, they realize they just can't get out. So yeah. they spend the night there. What I like this, I love the ramp up of the movie because I, yeah. I think it's very well done. Like they don't know what to do. And then he says, well, let's follow the sun. Yeah. Because we know the sun is going down in the West. Okay. And this point so their car is out of gas. So they have to walk. But instead of walking on the streets because they, the streets they don't trust. They're just going to kind of they keep hopping over, you know, walls and walking over walls and backyards, which makes perfect sense because you're like, OK, there's the sun. I'm, I don't care what's in my way. I'm going over that because that's the only thing I know is right here. The sun goes down in the west. So yeah. that was kind of interesting to me that they're getting real tired and they're jumping over these fences and, you know, all that kind of stuff. For hours, it seems. And then the creepy part is, they, you know, she's like, oh, my God, there's a house with lights on. There's, a, there's some lights. Let's go. And she runs up to this house and she's banging on the window and she's like, hello, hello, there's somebody in here. And, and, and they go into the house and they see their own stuff in there. And they're like, we've gone in another <laughs> circle and we're yeah. back at our it own house. It's very Twilight Zone. I mean, yeah. this is what I was thinking this, this, too. Yeah, it's very Twilight Zone. And then, um, you know, a weird, weirder things happening. Like there's a box that ends up in front of the street. You know, so there's this weird food that's yeah. like sort of prepackaged, weird-looking lamb chops and weird milk and stuff like that. So they, they're okay. Somebody's feeding us for some reason. You Keeping know. us here somehow, and they somehow yeah. did it. And you get the impression that they're trying to watch. They sit out in the front yard and watch the box to see who comes and does it. But they're always they always miss it. You know, they're always doing something happens and they always miss it. And then suddenly they there's blink. the box. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, there's a box. We yeah. Ah, where did that? And it's it's weirdly frustrating in a but in a in a way. Well, let me let's go a little bit further before we start discussing what it seems to mean. But at one point, it gets really bizarre because he is losing it, and he sets the house on fire. And she's like, what the hell? And he's like, I'm going to send a smoke signal. You know, if we set the house on fire, somebody's got to come check out what's burning, right? A fire seems smart. Yeah, I mean, it's a great idea. It's what a smart person would do. So they sit across the street and watch the house burn down, and they they sort of fall asleep in this weird, hazy, dusty smoke of the house burning. And then... They fall asleep and then they wake up and it's just fog everywhere, but there's a new box. And the house is back. Well, yeah, they don't. And the house they, not burned. Yeah, they don't even notice that f- at first, but they go to the box and they open the box and there's a baby in the box, a living child. And earlier when they had looked at the house, they noticed that one of the bedrooms was a boy, little boy's room, it was a blue child's room. And she mentions it to the real estate guy. And he he's, he says, um, 
you know, well, you, you don't have a family. And she's like, not, we don't have one yet. And he kind of mocks her for a second. He goes, well, not, we don't have one yet. And walks away. And they're like, this guy is nuts. They're like, <laughs> what? What is he? And But then, you know, they find this baby and she picks him up out of the box and she looks at him and she's like, it's a boy. Yeah. And then they so the, realize the house is back. The house is is the smoke kind of clears, and their house is still there in perfect condition. Yeah. So the so, die has been cast. They're stuck there, and they're going to raise this boy as their own. This so is they can be son. released. So, and there's yes, something there's, printed there's something on the, the box, box, and it says, right. "Raise the child and be released." Yeah. yeah. So. So, you know, and this child, I mean, <laughs> you know, he quickly, you know, quickly, he's obviously some sort of advanced, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, growing at an incredibly accelerated rate because by day 98, he's like a, you know, he's a boy. He's like yeah. a 10-year-old, 10-year-old boy. Yeah. I thought he was a fascinating yes. character. <laughs> and oh they had God. the weird voice. Like yeah. They had him, like an adult doing the voice out of the child, and it was very strange. But it was like an adult doing a child's voice, but not very well. It was weird. Yeah, it, it was and he was just basically mocking whatever yeah. they said, just verbatim what stuff that they've said earlier. Whether like acting young, it out and repeating it. And then when he doesn't get what he wants, like he, you know, <laughs> he doesn't get his his uh, you know cereal as quickly as possible. He just this blood curdling scream that does not stop. And I was thinking, boy, if this was me, I I, I wouldn't last a day. I know. Uh, yeah. You know, we we it, should it, plug we, in that scream so people can. So we play it. the scream. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! Okay, is everyone ready to feed that? Child? It's like <laughs> no, it does it. It does it, into, and you don't really get the impression that this is a real boy, right? <laughs> and they don't even name it. No. Yeah, well, he calls it it. Yeah, he's referred to as it. And anytime she says he, he corrects her and goes, "Not a he, it's an it." Yeah, yeah. this is a I'm thing. This is not a child. This is a thing. <laughs> and the boy has the TV, and he turned the TV on. It's just these weird images that sort of keep sh- these shape cha- uh, shifting right. images that. Like yeah. a fractal yeah. pattern, it just keeps zooming yeah. in and zooming in, right. and it's meaningless. It's like one of those things you see people with their phones or staring at a screen, and it it's just like this meaningless droning image. And so, so they're trapped in this the, on, on in in this place for you know for a long time, and you see what happens to them. He also he's being a landscape. Uh, you know, landscaper in his the trunk of his car, he's got some uh, implements, you know, shovels, pickaxes, things like that. And he starts something happens. He burn he smokes a cigarette and he throws a cigarette on the front lawn, which is obviously fake grass. And all of a sudden, it sort of like dissipates. The grass dissipates or burns or whatever. And there's this weird stuff underneath. It's like it opens it's up like, to get away from the fire or something. It was a weird. It was very weird. Like the grass. Yeah, it was very stop. It's like a stop motion animation bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Harry Harryhausen came back. To yeah. The <laughs> I noticed that too. It did look like stop motion. So anyway, they, they he starts picking and digging and like and they, that's his that's his obsession. He just digs this hole to see you know what's at the bottom of this. You know what's happening. So that's a, he just becomes obsessed with that and eventually gets sick. And poor uh, Gemma, she's just trying to keep everything together, you know. And she's also trying to trying to take care of the child because there's one part where he, where where uh, Tom. Um, gets fed up with the kid, you know, he just, the kid screaming, you know, and he just takes the screaming kid out and locks him in their car. And evidently the child doesn't know how to open the car doors from the inside and just leaves him in the car. And he says, well, just let it die in there. Just, you know, and she's like, you're just going to let it 
die? And he says, yeah, if they care about whether that thing lives or not, they'll come and get it or they'll save it or they'll let us out of here. Yeah. And he's like, um, so the kid is just I screaming. thought it was a good plan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought know. that worked. But he's like this little kid banging on the window of the car, screaming, and and uh, finally, you know, the mom, Gemma, <laughs> but she's not the mom, but she goes out and saves the kid against the wishes of the husband, you know, the the not the husband, but Tom, you know, and you start realizing these these roles they're playing, you know, she's the wife, he's the daddy, the little boy is the little boy, and they're having these arguments about how to raise their child. <laughs> And that's when you start realizing the roles that they're playing. And it's and it becomes a kind of a horror movie about um that that thing of like growing up, you know, when you get older and you make these choices to buy a house and to have a family, is that a scary thing? You know, it and in in most people's cases it's a great thing, it's a wonderful thing. But when you think about it could be awful, you know. <laughs> Well, if you've ever been to, you know, there's plenty of these, you know, uh, subdivisions all over the world, or especially all over the United States. And in L.A., there's one particular town uh, north of here that just, uh, that, it feels like that. Yeah. Not every house is the same color, but every house is the same. Yeah. And they're right on top of each other. And you can go out there and buy a house for a lot cheaper than you can in, in the, you know, in the Los Angeles area. Yeah. But you go, my God, could I live out here? Right. You know, yeah. you know this, is that what I want to do? And I think it's, this movie is speaking to – part of it is speaking to that. Like you're going into this trap of buying this home in this quote-unquote beautiful subdivision, but it's really kind of nowheresville. There's nothing there other than these homes where people randomly decide to live there. It's not doesn't have a neighborhood feel like you – like a real neighborhood in some other towns, like more, um, you know, more um, – uh, experienced places. So it just had that, I, I think part of the film, the filmmakers are kind of speaking to that a little bit, which is very, fairly obvious to me. Yeah. And the, and the yeah, idea think, of, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I think that the whole point of the movie was sort of that, that skewering of the suburban, the idea of suburban bliss and how soulless and empty it is. And oh, even no. like, I mean, they were all pretty on the nose kind of, um, you know, symbolism, you know, the, yeah. the, child you know they're trapped with this child and there's it's just it's hyper aggressive feeling and it feels so hopeless and then you're in this suburban house and it could be like any neighborhood anywhere it's just all the same and that you kind of buy into this idea that you need to be part of suburbia to be a grown-up and then when you get in it you're you you're you see i mean literally he's digging a hole deeper and deeper and ultimately you know it it has a terrible corrosive effect on him. And yeah, I think yeah. that that's sort and of that's how his job. Feel like they're digging this endless hole every day as they go to work to you know to buy this house to have yeah. this child. You know, yeah. So it seemed very, um, very, very critical of the suburban lifestyle. <laughs> and and big spoiler, you know, that it turns out that he's basically digging his digging their grave. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a really Which depressing. Which I think is what image. people feel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I I think uh, it, it's a it's a very obvious commentary. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think maybe a little too obvious. I think for me personally, I like the first half of the film. Yeah. I love the setup of it, but then when it gets, I mean, and there's some interesting. Uh, there's a lot of cool shots. Yeah. Like. Uh, when the boy turns into like an old, a young man, you know, I guess maybe like in his mid twenties, right. so he's uh, an adult now, but he's still living at home. And there's a scene um, where uh, Gemma takes a pickaxe and says, "I'm going to kill this 
Finally, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, it's and too much. <laughs> she, she runs up and takes a swing and sort of grazes his face or his head or something. And he starts making this uh, noise, this crazy sort of like, you know, hissing noise and starts running on all fours and yeah, picks like scuttles, up, almost like yeah, a crab scuttle. or something. Yeah. yeah. And he picks up the curb like he's picking up a carpet. Yeah. This like it's made out of foam or something. I love that. And, yeah. And it goes underneath. And then so she follows and then you go into this weird altered, you know, different dimension where everything is just like sort of undulating and moving about. And there's the whole other world of other houses and living rooms and people living down there. Yeah, like other turned upside down and sideways and it's all quicksand. And there's a guy in a bathtub who'd killed himself. Like it's all super dire. Like, and a woman sitting and, like, at a table crying. It's a nightmare. Like yeah, these are other people sex. who are trapped in the same kind of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, this is really cool. But now I know there's really not going to be a satisfying, to me, a satisfying explanation of this. It just, it's just gone off the rails right. in, weird, in a <laughs> cool way, but I'm not going to get that satisfaction, which of course I always want. Like, what is this? Yeah. You know, what exactly is this? And I wish I we spent more time in that world. I feel like we spent a long time getting to that. And mm. then I feel like they just spent one second in there. I would like to have seen her maybe navigating that or talking to the people in there or, you know, more of like yeah. getting more a deeper insight into what's underneath. I mean, David Lynch kind of did the same thing with Blue Velvet in a way, but this was almost like a literal underneath suburbia is even more right. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think um, I think it came around full circle pretty well, but it's just that kind of like, oh, I get it. Or you, you know, or you're left kind of with your own interpretations. Like, were they aliens? Yeah. Are these aliens experimenting or trying to learn about humans? Because there was a lot of mimicry in it. You know, there was a lot of the characters repeating back what the what the two humans, you know, Gemma and Tom, would say something, and the other characters would repeat it back. Like the the real estate agent did it, and then the little boy does it, and then the the grown up boy does it a couple times, and it's almost like it's. It's almost like it's listening and learning or repeating like a bird. And this the film starts with birds. And I think that bird thing is exactly what this movie's about. Yeah. It opens that scene of the baby birds in the nest. Right. And then there's they get like a cuckoo, I guess what it does, it lays an egg in another bird's nest. Right. And then it's so much bigger, so it kicks out all the other baby birds and it becomes almost like a parasite. It becomes it takes over the nest and the parents raise this false baby. Right. And, and you know, it kills everything around it. I mean, I love that scene of the bird. Here's this huge bird, baby bird, flapping swings, and the mother bird comes over, and it's half its size. It's trying yeah, to- yeah. That was that was wild. Yeah, it was true. I think basically that's what's happening here. Yeah, it's like sort of a a parasitical kind of creature. I don't know if that's even a word. A sort of parasitic <laughs> creature that comes in to take over a human nest. They raise the kid, and then it goes on its own. You know, leaving carnage behind it. Yeah. Yes, basically. Well, when it. she at one point the little boy when it when the little boy is little, he disappears for a bit and then he comes back and he's got this strange book, you know, which was kind of almost like a like is this a sort of a religion metaphor, you know, like this is the book. And but she is trying to figure out where did you get this? Where did you where did you go? And he says something like I'm not supposed to talk about it and and so she says, well, let's play a game. You do an impersonation of me, and he does it. And now you do one of Tom, and he does it. Now do an impersonation of who you saw today. And the little boy walks around, and then he sort of hunches his body over, and then he tilts his head back, and he, his, his 
neck swells up and he makes this he makes that horrible noise. <laughs> that, Almost like a frog. Like you know, just kind of the skin kind of distends and he makes this weird yeah, or like yeah. a bird, you know, like but some a bird, kind of weird. Like a, even the screaming is like you know birds. You yeah. know, the baby bird. The baby like bird, because when he would scream, his mouth was wide open and he wanted right. food. Right, right. So the, obviously that bird, you know, analogy. I mean, it goes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, the first half was really kind of fun and funny, kind of Wes Anderson-y and, you know, surreal. And then yeah. I feel like it, it just got grimmer and grimmer, and especially <laughs> now when we all can't leave our houses. Yes. And now it's kind of perfectly timed that these people who can't leave their house or their neighborhood, you know, and they're stuck in the house with this horrible kid. I mean, the, the kind of, you know, how parents have to adapt to bored children at the house because they can't even go to school. They can't get a break. It's like it seems like that kind of a movie, you know, was perfectly timed for now. But – and watching it, you're just like, oh my god, it's just too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gets it's very grim. But um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, going back to what you said, Kathy, about going, you know, to that other world or those other dimensions, I would have loved to spend more time there. But I guess the point was like she wasn't meant to be there, and she couldn't stay there. Well, so that's you know, more reason to be there, <laughs> right? She yeah, wasn't supposed to like, see that, you know, that's yeah. It's almost like you know your body put it, pulling out, you know, like something like some sort of you know like a a splinter or something, you know, it's not, it, we're, we're rejecting it. So yeah. she was being rejected. Yeah, but you rejected it by putting us right back in the, this <laughs> I, way. the movie felt when I was looking, I thought the movie was really long and it's only an hour and a half, but it felt really long. Uh-huh. And I think if they had put more of that in there or brought it in sooner, it would, I think it would have like given you more of a, a great third act to have this big, you know, moment, but they kind of yeah. went there and they're back and then we're back again. We went back to where we started and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> again, <laughs> But well, it, was, it really takes place in one room, basically. Yeah. With three people, you know. The, basically, the whole movie's that. You know, in the, front, the yard. front yard. Yeah, front yard. But it was. Do you know what other movie kind of? I, I think it was a, a better film. But the the film Mother. Remember, we did an episode about Mother, which was a real metaphorical yeah. thing about a cycle, about a life, kind of a thing, like where where the drama that you're seeing represents something else, you know. And this, I think, what we were talking about earlier, the fact that, you know, he, he was he was the one going to work every day. It was like these typical gender roles, you know, where the man goes out to work and he goes out and sweats and digs and, you know, does this sort of pointless um, job. And she is the one who's sort of nurturing the child and taking care of the child. And she always she's always the one who puts the baby, you know, puts the little boy to bed and and you see her there's one shot of her sitting in front of the wa- the, the washing machine I love that washing shot. clothes and she's just like <laughs> she's just spent you know like it's what? like she's yeah. next to it and she hears it's like a white noise almost cuz we're going to talk about quiet is she has a washing machine behind her and that way it kind of in a way kind of neutralizes his screaming right. and barking cuz he likes to bark a lot barking yes. in the other room it's <laughs> like dog. remember there's a scene where she takes him on a picnic where she's having a moment of like i'm going to kind of try and figure this kid out and they yeah. go out for a little picnic and then they yeah. start barking at each other yeah. and yeah. then they start howling and yeah. she starts really and you see her kind of like going too far and her eyes are opening wide and she's getting all her eyes are turning red and she's like Whoa. that was a great my dogs shot. flipped out and went running and barking they were like <laughs> what is that <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not even a dog. Well, but the she's little... really good. I mean, they, everybody's good in this. Yeah, yeah it was a great act. You know, I think they all did really well. That's uh, the thing. But it, was, it was. 
It's a tough. It's a tough, especially for Jesse Eisenberg, who's always sort of like an interesting actor to me. Like he's very from the. It's pretty much he's just so down in this movie. Yeah, and then yeah. he starts getting sick because he's in. You know, he's in this weird dirt, which is obviously fake. The fa- the sun is fake. Everything's fake there. So he just. But he's in. The, he's in that environment, and that's probably how, why he got sick and why he got all these you know lesions on his body because he shouldn't have been doing that. But then right. how did she? What happened to her? I mean, at the end, she just sort of faded away, that too. Was, I think she got sort of beat up in her other world ex- experience. It kind of took a toll on her for some reason, because when she came back out of it, she's limping out of the house like like she was yes. really damaged by that. Right. And then I she, you know, the, I mean, you know, big, big, big spoilers, they both die. <laughs> and the son, you know, basically throws, you know, they've got these body bags, and he, the son basically just tosses him into the hole that he dug and he fills in the hole and then walks away and he gets in their car and suddenly he's got a gas like a, a gas container a gas can <laughs> where did that come from yeah well, they gave him that they gave yeah. obviously they gave it to him maybe he, he just lifted up the curb stuff. and found yeah, it yeah. you know yeah and he drives the car he drives it in a straight line and he drives out of the housing development um Baby past, bird left the nest yeah Passes the right. sign and everything, and he goes back to that um, real estate place. And by now, Martin, who is back in the place, is is old and seems like his energy is spent. Well, his accelerated aging too. Yeah, yes. that's right. So he's gray. He's gray haired, and he's just on his you know he's on his death desk. Desk, you know, <laughs> desk. And, yeah, and, like and, all of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working away till we die at our desk. At right, so, and so you know. Um, the son takes out like uh, uh, this body bag that's in you know one of the filing cabinets, which <laughs> is the puts, only thing puts, in the filing cabinet. <laughs> yeah, puts Martin in it and like somehow folds it up and puts I it like back. Like he rolls it up, he's kind of crunching. He's yeah, like rolling this thing. Like they're not made out of flesh; they're just sort of paper. Oh. And he just rolls him up and he puts him in there, and you Cycle. hear this kind of ba-dunk, 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 like it's falling. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he sits down, and then uh, another couple comes in, and that's the end of the film. And he puts Martin's name tag on, so he becomes the Martin. Because that's sort of what happens. Like you know, people work, they leave, someone else takes their place. They might as well be the same person. And you know, there's just this cyclic. It's a a really depressing movie. (laughs) That this guy was depicting of like suburbia and work and and parenthood. It was all just this like you know that you raise this kid. It's completely ungrateful for all of your sacrifices. He basically buries them like kids do, and then he gets. Job and pretty soon he'll die at his desk. You know, oh, Lord of but, God. You know the it thing. Was, of, the I thing about it is, <laughs> no. You said you you did not feel good. No. Yeah. No. It's a not. It's not. But you know what? I think it is. I think it is a horror movie. It definitely is a horror movie. It's a well, horror it's movie, called... but the monster in it is not a, a monster. It doesn't represent you know these primal fears. It represents these sort of modern, more modern fears of. I, I wonder if a lot of young people who are starting out decide to make these choices and then once you've subscri- you know these subscriptions and these these things that you buy into and suddenly now you're paying a mortgage and now you've really got to take two jobs to pay this mortgage and you got to you got to keep digging you got to keep working and then suddenly we have a kid and now I got to you know work harder and those things I think scare people those might appear you know I mean, for for fortunately for the people I know and for people I live around, we love our lives. You know, we love the choices we've made and the the things that we do. But I, I imagine that that is a scary thing 
for some Well, you know what's people. happened is you know, back in the in night, I mean, those kind of developments are still popular now, but a lot of younger uh, people aren't going for that. They don't right. want to live 20 miles outside and live in this big McMansion and commute yeah. you know, and have to work. It was trendy for so a while. Yeah, it was the thing to do. But uh, I'm sure, and I'm guessing these filmmakers are probably, I'm going to guess they're on the younger side. I don't know how they are. So they're probably commenting on, like, I don't, that's not my, that's not what I want to do. It might have been yeah, I think pants. that's how they view it. Yeah. 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 So, and, and the title, Vivarium, I, I, I'm guessing, I think of terrarium, I think of a place to live a life. You know, that means vivarium, it means life. Yeah. yeah you're in a tank. You, know, in, you can't so escape. Exactly. Contained so, yeah, life. Place. Contain life, so that's not for me. I'd rather live in the city or live in an apartment and don't have that sort of structured uh, development to live in. So. Where you're locked in, where you're literally trapped by your choices. You know, you've made the choice yeah. to buy yeah. these things, and now you have to pay for them, and you have to take care of them. You have to raise the child to, you know. You will pay with your sanity, right? And your life. <laughs> and in, in those real developments, everybody else is living there, and you go out and get the mail. Everybody's living in the same house. You kind of wave to your neighbor, and it's almost like. You know, misery. You know, uh, com- misery loves company. You know, here we are. Here we are you know? Or maybe the fact that these other houses were uninhabited sort of represents that thing of like when you're in your house, you're in your own little hive, your own little nest, and the re- you don't really get to know your neighbors, and they all live in their own little places. And that's true. You yeah. know, you like you said, you go out to get the mail and you wave to the neighbor, but you don't. You know, you don't hang out with them, and because no. I think a lot of people, when you get into neighborhoods that are that close and confined, there's a little bit of fear in getting to know your neighbors. Because what if that person is a weirdo? Now you're stuck next door to this person who's going to start coming over to your house all the time. Now, you know, so I think a lot of people, a lot of weirdos. Yeah, I don't want to know. So now I've gotten suspicious of all neighbors. Yeah, and you sort of get this thing like you're a little bit protective of your nest. You know, like. But also in those particular developments, I mean, they're out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and you, yeah. there's, there's no real reason to. There's sidewalks and there's parks and there's all this stuff, but there's no real reason to use them. Yeah, because you're going to get in your car. Yeah. But if you live in an older neighborhood near stores or near a lot down, there's reasons to get out and walk. Yeah, and and do stuff. But up there's that's just kind of pretend sidewalks. Nobody is ever. Uh, I know somebody who lives in one of those, yeah. and they don't know their neighbors. Nobody takes walks. Nobody plays outside. Are you, and you're it's probably just, not allowed to have a pet, right? Isn't there homo, homeowners associations like no pets? Well, maybe not. To this I'm sure some of them are, but this particular place, there's pets, but there's just nobody's interacting with their neighbors. It's just not what you do. You moved out there to be by yourself, to right. be alone. And so there, you've just bought a prison for yourself. Yeah, even though I nice, don't, nice prison. And I, but I don't think this is even just about those kind of suburbias. I think they were commenting on all suburbia. I yeah. think they think this whole homogenized American dream is just a trap, and it's a template. It's it's all the same. I don't think they're making a distinction that there's the suburbia that's cool, and then there's the suburbia that's these these developments that are still counting around. I think they they look at suburbia as all being that. Yeah. And it's all a trap, and it's all or, homogenized, and nobody, you know, you lose your soul if you move to these places. Or just a, adulthood, you know, the sort of the the chores yeah. and the rituals of adulthood. You know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. You're expected to get married, you're expected to move into a house, and you're expected to have a child, you're expected to have a job. You know, you you do, you have to fill in those roles, whether you want to or not, whether you think, oh, I'm too cool for that. It's like, well, sorry, you still have to pay the bills in grown-upville, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, so it's a real bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, it's a big bummer of a film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but, in- it's interesting, and if you sort of if you have a pension for the Twilight Zone, Outer Limits kind of thing, maybe Black Mirror uh, or a little bit Black, Black Mirror. Mirror it, it, it's definitely in that zone. Yeah, and it's well made, well directed, well acted, well shot. All that stuff is you know I think you know great. I just think the plot halfway through for me. Uh, it just got like, oh my God, it's just it, like, it, there's no, there's no hope for escape for these people. And I like them. I wanted them to get out. Yeah. yeah. Too. They didn't get out. It was a bummer. <laughs> or to figure out something. You know, there's a lot of times movies they, like this have a thing where they figure out, they find the weak spot and they finally crowbar their way out of this trap. But, you know, like real, yeah, exactly. The only way out of this is to die. Yeah, and and it was the way, you know, and they didn't shy away from the shot of them being thrown down into the pit. Yeah, and then like hitting the bottom of it. like they didn't they showed that and it was just like you wow. die, you die in the pit. <laughs> well, but one thing I wanted to say, like you were talking earlier about the acting being real good. You know, Imogen Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg both do a great job. A, a consistent job of acting. They don't ever. There's not a. Uh, I mean, the 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 actors who played, you know, the the real estate agent Martin and the adult child and even the child were a, a bit broad, you know, as far as characters. They were a bit almost comic style characters in some ways. They were a little bit bizarre, out of place from a reality oh, yeah, thing. Absolutely. Well, because they were pretending but, to be humans, but they weren't really. Right. But they never went too far out of they were just weird. You know, I think the idea was that these are supposed to be very weird, awkward people, sort of like the aliens in um that movie Galaxy Quest where they're trying to be like humans. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg both were consistently human through the whole yeah, film. And good. she is really good, I think. Yeah. And he's really, really good, good too. But the, that, to me, in a film like this, you know they read the script and they and talked to the director about the visuals and, and the, the story, the idea, the, the strangeness of it, and how you know there was a lot of discussion, like, well, how should we react? I mean, should we be constantly terrified? Should we have this sort of losing our minds thing are we are we accepting it do we laugh about it do what do we what do these how do these people react to this un, unprecedented experience you know and i think they did a great job of of that which is really difficult i think to keep your to keep your your character's core through oddness yeah. through through real oddness you know that's got to be a hard thing for actors to do because they know that what they're seeing is nuts well, and they're also yeah. just wrung out. Like they're just yeah. tired. They didn't they want are, it. Yeah. They yeah. don't. They don't like it. They don't want to be there. They're just tired. And I thought right. that was a good way to show it. Yeah. yeah. No, they were just sort of done with it. But they did. They were. They were trapped. But I thought Jonathan Harris, who played Martin, you know, yeah. the first uh, really was just great. Like yeah. I, I, I saw. I remember him. Like he was in Dracula. That uh, the, the 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 recent. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. You know, he was in that, and I've seen him in a couple other things. I always think he's an interesting actor. Yeah. And I liked him in that. And then. Um, the boy, his name is Seanan Jennings, and I thought he was really good for just being like, he was just an interesting character. I mean, he was good at it. Yeah. You know? Well, Jonathan Aris was, was also wild. in Rogue One. He was uh, he he was in a Star Wars thing. Okay. 
So it's um, I mean, listen, uh, I can't recommend it in the sense that it's like um, something that I really enjoyed watching, but it's well made <laughs> for what it is. So yeah, it's an I mean, interesting. It's an inter- if you want something that's a little thought provoking and interesting and challenging, it's 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 worth checking out. Yeah, it's quirky. Yeah. It's quirky, but it's a rough quirky. But at this point, we're talking to listeners who have already seen it. So, you know, we may, maybe we should offer a little apology. Like, you know, yeah, maybe it wasn't an uplifting, happy film for you to watch at this, at this time in history. But it's interesting that this movie would come out during this time. So it has a whole new relevance, which I Yum. think is an interesting idea. Because that's, I think a lot of people are feeling like the movie, people in the movie. So I think it's, it's fair to sort of give it its, its place in... You know the culture right now. Just so, the surreal yeah, was, weirdness of it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay. So Vivarium, it's a it's a uh, reluctant recommendation, but I think it's a very yeah. very well made film. Yeah. And a very interesting film. Maybe you know to to wait and watch after all this weird stuff is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or watch it now with a fifth of Jack Daniels yeah. and, uh, you know, really sink into the deepest hole. Yeah, yourself, you know? these people have it worse than you, a little bit, a little exactly. bit worse. Yeah. They're yeah. stuck at home, too, but yeah. there's no one else in the world, so there you go. They, their, their TV TV options suck. Oh, yeah. their TV is terrible. <laughs> Just black and white. book to read. But that <laughs> yeah, was, to me, that was like... Book. Wasn't that a great little metaphor for the way you feel about what kids are watching and stuff? You know, he's just staring at this thing that doesn't make sense to the grown-ups. You're like, yep. how can you just sit there and stare at that thing all day and, you know, <laughs> listen to that noise all day? It's just noise. Ugh, terrible. <laughs> but anyway. All right. There's well, our review so of Vivarium. <laughs> We're here for you, people. Yeah. And the posters weren't that great either, just saying. Oh. <laughs> Strange, they weren't yeah. quirky. They just went dark, two big heads in the sky, the little, little town at the bottom. They, they should have gone full on Wes Anderson with it. It would have made a lot more, I think it would have attracted that sort of indie audience instead of trying to attract the thriller audience, which I don't think is the right audience for that. I see I a, a poster that's kind of cool, actually. It's a it's a target shape, and there's the two characters are sort of disappearing into the distance. And it's on, the, the poster that I'm looking at is on the um, the Wikipedia, Vivarium Wikipedia page. It's a... It's a little bit maybe better than the other poster, I think. Yeah, yeah. That one looks like it might be uh, international, maybe. Or Kath, you probably, you know, you gave them some pointers. They did a quick one, though. We've got to make the poster nicer. Make the poster cooler. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, no, there, is, there is a cool artsy one out there, for sure. <laughs> but the point but is... The one on Amazon is not. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. During, during this time, there are so many movies to watch, and uh, this is one of many. So we'll we'll keep uh, bringing you know our reviews, our takes on these things as we watch, because there's not much else to do. Yeah. What to watch, what not to watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. But you know what? Well, I'd like to I'd like to take this opportunity to recommend something. Now is a good time. In instead, because I think when I watch movies, a lot of times I feel like I'm just consuming. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm consuming something. It's a good opportunity to create something, you know? It, it's like exercise your creative side, you know? Even if you don't feel like you have one, you know, try something. Get on a a lot of tutorials and things like that on YouTube are free right now. Like, if you ever wanted to learn how to play guitar or something like that, you know? Do a podcast. It's a good or, time to, or, to uh, yeah. learn how to do something. You don't want to... When this, this will end. This yes. This is a moment in time. It will end. And you want to look back and say, boy, I made something of that time. I did something. You know, yeah. Maybe I 
have if I have an iPhone or, or any kind of phone, maybe I'll make a little movie or you know. Just, yeah, if you've uh, ever wanted to make some, a movie, you can do it with your phone and, yeah. and write some screenplays. Yeah, do, do some things, writing and play the piano if you have a piano at home that's sitting around you know gathering dust. Yeah, and like you were saying, you know, you come out the other side of this thing, you'll have a new skill or you'll have some things that you created and. You'll maybe, you know, have developed a liking for being creative if you didn't already have it. But see if you have it. Or watch a shitload of movies. Yeah, do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Do both. You you can do both. Yeah, just get swallowed up in the vivarium. (laughs) And in the meantime, there's no excuse not to check us out on social media. And feel free to email us, cinemondopodcast.com, hashtag cinemondopod on Twitter, cinemondopodcast on Instagram or Facebook. We're there. Yeah. And Come say hi. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> say hi to your neighbors. <laughs> definitely binge on the Cinemondo podcast. <laughs> this is actually our 99th episode. I just have to have to mention that too. And we were we were thinking about doing a, a, a big party for our hundredth episode, but now we can't. So oh, no, we we can we find we can find a church. Yeah, <laughs> a mega church. <laughs> we do it in Florida. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go to uh, what was that guy Jimmy Swaggart's place yeah still around oh god <laughs> alright everybody thanks All for right. listening yeah thanks for joining Bye. us Cinemondo signing off